All right, welcome to the Fear the Fincast, the January 25th, 2017 edition in the year of our Patrick Marlowe. Uh, the Sharks have won six games in a row. Marcus White, do you remember the last time the Sharks won six games in a row? Uh, sometime last season, probably, right? Uh, it was definitely not sometime this season. Good work. Uh, the Sharks hadn't even won five games in a row sometime this season. I actually believe it was sometime in the playoffs that they had won six games in a row. Uh, uh, it's a miracle, and it was spearheaded. But I actually didn't even think they won six games in a row in the playoffs. I don't think season. so either. No. It's been a while. It's, it's been a while, and it feels nice. Uh, spearheaded by Patrick Marlowe. So maybe it was the last time that uh, Patrick Marlowe scored, uh, what, uh, five games or five goals in uh, over over two games. Yeah, he's uh, never – yeah, that's – yeah, that was – he did that in the playoffs, but he's never uh, – he's five. never um, – he's yeah, he's never never done that before in a regular season, which kind of surprised me because, you know, he gets this rep for being streaky. So I, I was a little, a little surprised to learn that uh, – that he, uh, uh, I thought something that was also interesting is uh, that I did this. Uh, we're gonna t- Patrick Marlowe's now at four hundred ninety-eight goals, only two away from five hundred. Something else I wanted to note is that I haven't checked this morning, but I went to check last night because there was a part of me uh, the that really wanted to uh, pack up my car and drive to San Jose in the hopes that he'd score five hundred on Thursday. Tickets were only twenty-five dollars for Thursday's game against the Oilers. Really, I wanted to know how mediocre Sharks fans are. Oh, interesting. My Pretty friend was asking I wanted to go. So if they're, I mean, if they're that cheap, I'm assuming I won't, I won't yeah, get credentials. No, because probably not. Not with the Oilers in town. So I would say, hey man, if uh, if you're listening right now, I would head to StubHub immediately because uh, if the tickets are still that cheap, that's uh, can't can't hurt. Yeah, still, I'm checking right oh, now. Oh, you really cannot go wrong there. Twenty-five dollars. Uh, the tickets for the Blackhawks Sharks games are also forty-four dollars, which I mean is not terrible if you want to hedge your bets a little bit. I would even buy those $44 tickets as well because if he gets to four ninety nine, those Hawks-Sharks tickets will probably go up a lot. Uh, so that's just a little, little gambling oh, wow. advice from me to you. Uh, oh, these are good seats too. Yeah, they are. I know. I'm uh, pretty upset that I can't make it up there tomorrow night. So uh, well, I can't remember where I was going with that. Something about Patrick Marlowe. Oh, yeah, right. So uh, his scoring rate this season, he's actually been pretty uh, pretty regular. This is the most streaky he's been all season. Who would have guessed scoring five goals in two games? That's pretty streaky. Uh, <laughs> he's actually been pretty regular all season long. I, I want to go back at some point uh, to try and look at, you know, his kind of uh, his career arc to see, you know, how, how regular he is at, at scoring. But uh, this season, it's been a pretty – Smooth pace, at least as far as scoring scoring goals go. You know, I didn't look at his overall points because uh, he's never been, you know, as big an assist guy as he has been a, a goal scoring guy. Uh, but obviously, it's pretty pretty exciting. Would be the the first shark to score obviously five hundred goals with the franchise. Um, and that's just one piece of the many pieces of big news surrounding the sharks over the past whatever it's been 72, 72 hours. It's been a really busy busy week in sharks land. Yeah, uh, there was a trade yesterday after. Your smooth transition uh, flustered me a little bit, but yes, there was a there was a trade. Wow, that that I'm almost offended by that a little bit. Uh, Tommy Wingles got traded yesterday. Uh, were you surprised that it took this long? Uh, yes and no. Uh, I think they were. Uh, I think they were probably exploring other options for as long as they could. Um, I think uh, you know. I think they were wanting to keep give him keep giving him every opportunity, and they were going to basically make that deal. Uh, they were going to make the deal to clear cap space for Hurdle, 
at pretty much the last possible minute. Um, you know, I, I didn't think they were ever going to trade Joel Ward. Um, just, you know, the contract is with their modified, no trade is just going to be too hard. Um, and I think Wingles was the natural target. We've been talking about this for seemingly uh, a while season. Since, I and mean, I, I think the, the first time I wrote about this was during the off season. Uh, I, 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 maybe, I think we wrote about it even last playoffs. We wrote yeah, that's probably it. true. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, it, it was a long time coming for sure. Definitely uh, pressed pressed into it by the uh, – excuse me, he was pressed into it by the the emergence of some young players in LeBanc and Meyer who seem to have established roster spots, but also the emergence of uh, Ryan Carpenter, I think, made that trade a lot easier because, uh, you know, if, if they decide to go with Hurdle on the wing, Carpenter's played pretty well at that fourth-line center spot, and they can use him there. I think long-term, like we've talked about it, they ultimately have to go back to – uh, hurdle as the third line center, of course, but um, yeah, a little surprise. Also, you know, a little surprise they didn't get more for Wingles, but again, I think it just shows how limited this trade market is that, you know, the only way they could get uh, a seventh round draft pick for a player like Tommy Wingles was to not only retain a third of his salary, but to also take two minor league contracts uh, from Ottawa. So in essence, Ottawa is, you know, one contract less and maybe gives them a little more flexibility at the trade deadline. I also think that too could have something to do with the Sharks, you know, having so many guys up with the Barracuda, they, they needed reinforcements. Um, but I, I think, yeah, the Wingles trade and the lack of Nieto trade really just shows everything about what this trade market is for guys who are, you know, normally we see bottom six guys like that move pretty easily around the deadline. But I, I have a feeling we're not going to see a whole lot of movement this year at the trade deadline because so many teams are in the same position. A couple things worth noting. Both uh, I'm seeing right now, both Timo Meyer and Kevin LeBanc have been sent down to the AHL. I assume to play down with uh, the San Jose Barracuda tonight. Uh, Whoa. Whoa. uh, Breaking news. Yeah. On the, on the pod. Uh, I literally, as I just said, they established roster spots. (laughs) So I I assume I look smart. The Sharks literally cannot play without them based on who they have on the roster healthy right now. So I assume they'll be back to play against the Oilers tomorrow. Um, but I was actually just on Cap Friendly. That's where I got that breaking news from um, okay. in order to to take a look at uh, uh, one of the guys. Buddy Robinson is one of the minor leaguers they got, uh, who I actually think is probably going to help the Barracuda out a little bit. He's about a half a point a game player in the AHL. He's only 25. I don't think he's a guy that's ever going to, end up doing anything with the Sharks. I assume they'll probably try to tender him a two-way contract this offseason. I assume he'll probably take a gig somewhere uh, somewhere else with a little more uh, hope at <laughs> maybe getting uh, some playing time in the NHL in the future. Uh, you know, the, the other guy they picked up, uh, whose name is now escaping me. That's why I went to this page so that, so that this wouldn't happen. Oh, yeah, Zach Stortini is a, a goon who I hope really never gets any play in the uh, – in the NHL, he's a, a piece of garbage um, who, who punches people in the face for money. And uh, I believe Sharks in the face for money in the past, back when he was with the Oilers. So, yes. yeah. um, And that I believe I distinctly remember seeing Sharks punched in the face for money by this man. So uh, so, so I, I, I'm not really surprised because I think it's also important to remember that Tommy Wingles is uh, getting paid nearly $3 million to uh, score uh, – 0.22 points per game. Um, I don't know uh, 
how it happened that that people set the bar for a player like that to be worth even a seventh rounder, let alone more than that. Um, I don't know what world these people have been living in. Um, if Doug Wilson gave up a seventh rounder for a player who's getting 0.22 points a game and is getting paid $3 million a year, um, I would expect people to be pretty upset about that. And so naturally people are upset when we don't get more than a seventh rounder for a player uh, of that caliber. Listen, I really like Tommy Wingles a lot. And I think that in the past he's been a great player, but he's not a great player now. In fact, he's a a pretty terrible player right now. Um, I mean, he's a guy that, that, you know, had two seasons where he was, you know, what, like a half a point a game player. And that's, that's great. Uh, both this season and last season, he's been very, very bad uh, and was signed to a really terrible contract by a general manager that uh, got tricked into cow clutter bucking a little bit. And so they're lucky they got anything. This to me is kind of like a, a weird, like a, almost like a, a waving a player, but at least we also got a pick out of the deal. So that now gives the Sharks, I believe it's nine draft picks in this upcoming draft, which is not bad. I'm, I'm not complaining about that. That's pretty sweet. So I think this is a really a, a good trade in the sense that I'd, I'd rather have the extra asset than the extra 30% of the you know cap flexibility because I don't really think that they were going to use it anyway. Um, so I think that's a good move. Yeah, personally. no, for sure. I, I agree. They, I mean, it clears the space for Hurdle, allows him to return. Um, very surprised at this Meyer LeBanc, uh, LeBanc uh, send down, though. That's it's kind of throwing me a little bit here. Right. The Barracuda play tonight. But they played, both of them played last night. So what? They're going to play the three, break play four games out. in four days. So the Barracuda, the, the guys are going to sit around and drink uh, Kool-Aid for four days. No, I'm saying, the guys I'm are, saying they'll play, so they played Monday. They played Tuesday. Right. They played yet, they'll right. play today. And then are they going to play tomorrow against Edmonton? That's four games in four days. Yeah. Oh, they'll be fine. They're the just Barracuda kids. They'll probably play again on Friday. The NHL yeah. all stuff, right? That's when that's, I mean, if it's a send down because they're like, okay, we'll send them down now and keep them down for the all star break, like a little odd on the timing. Um, yeah, no, the Barracuda play Friday in Grand Rapids, Michigan, mm, uh, and, and then in Milwaukee. Well, I mean, in Michigan, that's a short, a nice short little flight. Well, they're in Stockton right now, so maybe they're not going to play on Friday. Then maybe they're just going to play in Stockton today. Okay. Could be. I don't know. I wasn't on the phone with Doug Wilson two minutes ago. I did feel you, like it's a little, they, like, they sent out an email a little accusatory. It's a, it's a little accusatory. Have the Sharks sent out an email confirming it? Oh, my God. All right. I don't know. I'm going to look right now. Good Lord. I'm just curious. You haven't. If not, I could do some reporting instead of email. Uh, they, they have not. They have not. Okay. I'll, uh, I'll, sh- I'll, I'll shoot them an email. All right. We don't want to get the facts wrong, Jake. That's all. We don't want to get the facts wrong. I'm not getting any facts wrong. I'm just assuming that they're being sent down to play the Barracuda tonight. Yeah. Because they probably didn't. They don't. The the guys haven't played all that many minutes. You got to remember that Timo Meyer did even play on a uh, on did Monday. Not play. I think he played Monday. I think he came back to the lineup on Monday. But LeBanc was okay, on the so, line last night. Right. I mean, and uh, yeah, LeBanc didn't play much last night because he was stuck with the anchor Barkley Goodrow. Can we talk about Barkley Goodrow? Because uh, not, 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 not thinking we need to. Last see- night? Don't need to see him play in the NHL ever again. I think we're good. Yeah, I'm fine. He's not good, man. He's it's like ah, you know what, Barkley Goodrow. So he's he, not good. worse than Michael Haley. 
Um, he's not worse. It's just he's just he's he's not an NHL hockey player. He's just not. I don't think really. I mean, he's not like to me. It's not. It's not a choice between Goodrow and Michael Haley. It's a choice between Goodrow and Nikolai Goldobin or Rourke Chartier or Marcus Sorensen or or um uh Danny O'Regan. I mean, not right now. It's not because O'Regan is hurt. But you know what I mean. There are about like fifteen guys on the Barracuda who are like, huh? Barkley Goodrow, huh? Yeah. Okay. Okay, I get it. That's fine. So what do we got to do to get a call-up around here, huh? What's a guy got to do? What, what do we got to do? I'm going to see how many voices I can do just to get that one guy pissed off to send me another, uh, send me another tweet. Do you think he's done it already? Uh, <clears throat> oh, we have, a, we have a, a one listener who really gets upset anytime we do an alternative voice on the podcast. Oh, yeah, I've been, I've been seeing those. I, I didn't think we were doing it that much, but that's probably my, uh, probably my uh, insular, you know, bubble-like nature of – Assuming that we're not doing anything too bad, but yeah, yeah, I, I can, I can, I, in hindsight, I can see how that's a thing. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, the Wiggles trade, yeah, you, you know, unexpected, expected, but you know, not, not too. The, I think the the actual surprise, and this, I think, Sharks fans have legitimate, not beef, but the actual confusing thing, and we talked about this on the phone yesterday, is uh, surprising that uh, Wiggles got a bigger haul than Matt Nieto. That's, yeah, that's no, pretty surprising. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure that there's like an actual story that we'll never actually get behind why it is that that happened. But that, that I was surprised by that. It's like, okay. Hey, he scored. He has scored more than Matt Nieto this year. I know. But general managers aren't stupid. I mean, not all yeah. of them. Many of them, but not all of them. I mean, they're, right. they're looking a little bit deeper than that, I think. Yeah. You know. Uh, I mean, Tommy Wingles is shooting at like a career high rate and is still uh, – not scoring. So, yeah. you know, I think, I think general managers ha- at least are smart enough to be like, hmm, ah, maybe there's something going on here, guys. Yeah. Hey, guys, you think there's something going on here? Yeah. Who knows? Uh, so, uh, regardless, uh, you know, the big loser in all of this is obviously Tomas Hurdle, who uh, is going to get <laughs> put back on the roster to, uh, you know, and sees his best friend uh, sent out of town as a result. So that's very Shakespearean. Got to feel for that guy. Yeah, it's been a t- it's been a tough year for Tomas Hurdle. Very tough. Year. Not great. Yeah. So uh, the good news is, I guess that we won't have to see Ottawa again this year. So yeah, no, um, yeah unless it's the Stanley Cup Finals. You're right. Unless it's the Stanley Cup Finals. Good call, Marcus. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> out here with the fact check. Yes. Check fact check. Uh, okay, so that's that. Sharks have won six games in a row. They can win seven in a row. They're in officially, officially, officially in first place in the Pacific Division. Um, that's kind of exciting, huh? They've been in first place in the division in my heart and according to my charts, according to the point percentage uh, for the past couple of days. Uh, the uh, Anaheim Ducks have just been stocking up on those loser points for a while. Uh, and the Sharks have now only one game in hand because they've played so many damn games in the past, whatever it's been, week, two weeks, three weeks. It feels like every single day I've watched the Sharks game, which uh, didn't used to be a complaint, and now I feel like uh, I close my eyes and I see Teal. Um, Uh I'm exhausted. I'm not as tired as them, but I'm pretty close to as tired as them. (laughs) Pretty close. I've got aching bones everywhere. How are you feeling? I feel great. I feel good. I'm feeling. I'm, I feel ready to go. Rip roaring, ready to go. 
Okay, that's good because I'm here on Cap Friendly and I see, oh, you just got called up to play with the Sharks tomorrow night and yeah. the Barracuda tonight and yeah. on Friday in Grand Rapids. So yeah, that's a lot, man. That's 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 a lot of games. Uh, well, it's not if you're not a giant wimp like Marcus P. White, apparently. Hey, listen, five games in five days. That's and a, and a cross country fight. Yeah, it's, that's an that's some interesting timing uh, for sure. But maybe they're doing it so if you know. So they're going to give Marlowe all the ice time he can get tomorrow so he can try and score two goals before the All-Star break. <laughs> that, must, that must be what it is. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, do, do we want to hit on uh, Aaron Dell, who didn't play all that well last night uh, after we talked about how good he is? Have, he we, hit, have we hit on Marlowe? Oh yeah, well, should we hit on? Well, I've I've been hitting on Marlowe for years. I don't know what you've well, been doing. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, Dell Dell wasn't great, but I think. I can't how about that? Uh, I don't... How about the goal where he like jumped out of the way of it? That he looked that like I would that that was how I would play goalie. The one like I know yeah. that's not what he was actually doing. He was trying to get his shoulder, shoulder in front of it. Like, right. I understand what he was actually doing, but that would be me playing goalie. It's like, oh no, 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 no. Yeah, I'm good. It's just one game. I'm not worried about it or anything. But uh, I just thought it was funny that we had an article after we had talked on the podcast about him starting more. We had both tweeted about it a little excessively. I'm not complaining. Right. Uh, and then uh, probably his worst game as a Shark. Of course, he he's only I mean, played two games. So Yeah, he, uh, he wasn't great. But at the same time, you know, they, they got that fourth goal and he was, he was pretty money down the stretch. Yeah. Uh, I, even though that last goal didn't count, I mean, I think that it was pretty close to the verge of it would have been a goal if uh, even if Dustin Bufflin hadn't cheated and pushed him into the net anyway. It was playing pretty crappy down there. Yeah, I mean, but he he had made some he had made some uh, some big saves. Uh, uh, speaking of Muppets, he has kind of a Muppety tendency in net there. Like if you told me there was actually somebody up in the rafters, like whoo. Pulling the strings. To yeah, I think that's around. that's I I don't know. I think that's more his uh, you know, size. I think the biggest thing yeah. yesterday was the rebound control wasn't great. Uh, that that second goal, I want to say, he kicked a rebound pretty much directly to a uh, a Winnipeg Jets player, but it's a Paul Martin was also right there and couldn't corral it. Um, yeah, I think he's gonna uh, generally rely on, and I don't think this is a problem. He's gonna re- he his, he's gonna give up a lot of, and even Martin Jones gives up some rebounds. And I think that that's a part of that's by design that they're going to rely on the San Jose defenders to clean up rebounds. And I don't think that's a problem because the defense is so good. Yeah. Uh, so, right. Not necessarily a problem, but yeah, I mean, you know, it's not carry price out there. So yeah. So it is. Um, so, I mean, you know, as a whole though, he's had a good season. So you'll, you'll take the duds, uh, take the duds where they are. Uh, but you know, someone who's not having three goals on a back-to-back after uh, the Sharks played like a you know dead fish for half the game. I mean, both teams were obviously pretty tired. Then you know, yeah, take it, right? yeah, that was a, that was a. There's any if there was a game to you point out, you're like the schedule is a little much. Uh, that was the game, yeah, for sure. Um, so uh, yeah, no, I, I think he. Yeah, it wasn't great last night, but, uh, you know, Patrick Barlow scored another goal. I keep trying to segue on it because he's two goals away from 500, Jake. A momentous achievement in, in Sharks. 500. 500 goals. Before a goal game, I think mm-hmm. we're both still kind of reeling from the shock of that. Like, uh, I, w- I was at work, so I didn't get a chance to watch the whole thing. Um, 
I woke up. I'm like, oh, Marlowe's got a hat trick. And then I checked my phone. And I'm like, oh, Marlowe's scored four goals in one period of hockey. Uh, playing the abs uh, will uh, will do that, I guess, for a player. But, you know, oh, with, I mean, with this five-goal explosion, you know, I think uh, some of the thought, you know, leading into it, uh, at least leading into these games, you know, maybe Marlowe wasn't scoring as much. But I think now, I mean, now he's on pace to pretty much like smash what he did last year in terms of goal scoring, right? Like, oh yeah, uh, not even close. Uh, his his goals per game is now like you know up around his uh, seventh or eighth uh, highest of his career. Yeah, he scored. So he scored twenty five last year. He's got seventeen through through forty nine. Uh, at the very least, he's going to top twenty fourteen fifteen when he only had. Uh, 19 he only had 19 goals and you know he is he is definitely riding uh some shooters luck this year at a uh 14.5 percent uh you know uh shooting percentage but his career is 13 career average is 13.4 so i'm gonna he's, say he's always had a high shooting percentage because he's an elite shooter i mean he that's just uh that that's, this is super yeah. abnormal um you I mean, know he's I mean, been uh curious. He's been a double-digit shooter almost every year except for last year. I think last year was the abnormally. I think uh, years before he was at eight point two. Right. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, yeah. No. He has. You're right. He has been a, even even as a rookie. He was he was double digits. Yeah. That's who he is. He's a double. Yeah. He, he's he's an elite. It's like Joe Pavelski. He's an elite shooter. That's just. That's he had early in his career. He had back. This is a, talk about this for a three season stretch. Seventeen point one percent. Seventeen point four. Sixteen point three. That's pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Um and you know, two goal I mean two goals away from five hundred, right? That's a little surprising for, that we're this close because I, you know, early in the year at the pace he was going, I was a little worried he wasn't even gonna get to five hundred, uh, you know, with with the pace he was going at. But now it looks like I mean, barring a and you know, stranger things have happened, but barring two goals in the next thirty three games. Uh, he looks pretty likely to get to get to 500, and even um, not just the way he was going, but the way the Sharks were going as a whole. You know, it just seemed like yeah, uh, somebody help Patty out here. All right, you know, yeah. somebody's going to have to grind one out and throw him an easy goal here. You know, uh, but even beyond that, it's uh, these past couple games. It's not even been like, oh man, hey Patrick. He, I know he had a, a tip in goal in that four goal game, but. Uh, He's gone out there and just gotten them all by himself. He's looked like a, a man possessed, which is kind of amazing because I don't think that that's something that at any point in his career is the way you would describe the way his game has been played. Um, he's not really an intense player or an intense anything. Um, he's, uh, you know, pretty pretty smooth. But that goal, even the goal he had last night, the game winner, he just it seemed like everybody else was kind of uh, – frozen still and he, he was the only guy out there actually trying to do anything it was kind of amazing to watch yeah uh, he uh the night before i think a lot of the goals and and like his, his goal last night it's just you know he's always been able to get in good positions uh you know he got a great that was a great pass from ryan carpenter for his goal last night but again marlo drives the net fends off the back checking winger and is able to tap it in and i think he had a couple goals like that against uh uh, Colorado, you're talking about a man possessed, like, you know, he's 34 years old. He's still able to get, use his speed and use his size to get through defenders. Um, I just did a quick calculation, Jake, cause I know how to do math. Um, he's That's on pace to score 28 goals this season. Do you think he gets to 28? 
Uh, I think he gets to 30. Really? Uh, bold prediction. Patrick Marlowe wow. gets to 30 goals this season. So if Marlowe gets to 30, uh, that will leave him only, uh, I believe, three goals away from passing Jeremy Roenick on oh. the scoring list. I think if that's the case, the Sharks sign him to five-year deal and say, "Listen, you're here until uh, you're here until, until you, you yeah. and then you retire, yeah. and then you retire." And you know what? Let the chips fall where they may. We'll, we'll keep we'll keep the cap hit, whatever. It it um, does. We'll, we'll fold the franchise. It doesn't matter. This is all that matters. So there's been some talk now with the 500 goals uh, that he, you know, is making a case for his hall of fame worthiness i i really hate these discussions on sports radio and is this guy a hall of famer but i think we should do it anyway um <laughs> okay uh i you know i i think he's he's definitely making a case and i think you can't make an argument for him um i think they probably need to make another they if they win a cup i think he's in for sure he's a lock like he will get into the hall of fame because the voters of the hall of fame still Love to point to the rings. Um, I mean, isn't Chris Osgood in the Hall of Fame? Like, he is. Yes. Yeah. So they they love to point to the rings. Um, yeah, I I think we we'll see. But I he keeps this up. I mean, look, he's he's had a, a great career as is. I think he's right up there and a a uh, a border pretty much a borderline guy right now. If he wins the cup, I think he gets in. But if he doesn't win a cup, I think it'll take a lot of time because I don't think Ronick's even in the Hall of Fame. Yet, he is right? not. Uh, yeah. So I I did some looking at this in the as someone who grew up uh you know uh following baseball a lot more closely than than hockey. Um, the Hockey Hall of Fame is pretty stupid. Um, it just it's probably the stupidest Hall of Fame, and that's someone who follows the Baseball Hall of Fame. Yeah, I was gonna say you think it's uh, stupider than baseball? It, oh, oh no, no, it is absolutely the Baseball Hall of Fame is the best Hall of Fame by a lot uh, because at least the rules make sense, right? You might not agree with the rules, but it has it has rules, right? Right. You know, um, you know, like to me, right? Like, uh, you know, it's like you know the Big Lebowski, right? It's like, oh, this isn't the Hockey Hall of Fame. There are rules, right? You know, because like, 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 for instance, right, Dave Andrichuk has 640 fucking goals and isn't in the Hockey Hall of Fame. Would you like to know why, Marcus? There is no reason why. It's yeah. because he played for too long. Because that, that doesn't make any sense. Well, that's the, that's the classic, uh, and any, any New York-based listeners will appreciate this reference. That's the classic Mike Francesa argument. Oh, he's a compiler. He's not in the Hall of Fame because he's a compiler, someone who compiles stats, who played so long that like they had to have gotten stats. Which I don't really buy that argument because that, like, that if you have that argument. long of a career. So, and this is coming from me, from someone who literally would die if I played hockey. That's the argument of someone who never played the game. Yeah, you can play hockey for twenty-five years. You should get into the Hall of Fame if you have zero points. Because clearly yeah. you were doing something right because you're A, you're not dead. B, you were good enough to play for 25 years. C, did I mention you're not dead? And yeah. D, you have 600 goals. Yeah. I, and it how many make years did Andrew Check play? Uh, it was a lot. I mean, I'm looking. So I just have the, like, uh, the goal list. And then he, won up a cup, and, he won a cup with Tampa in his last year. Yes. Yes. Oh. It, it's like I said. It doesn't make any sense. Uh, he played until 2006. His first season was 1982. 
Like that alone to me is like something where it's like oh, six hundred forty divided by twenty five. That's still like that's still a good like it's still a good career like that. Right. Uh, you that's know, not Mark Recchi's not in the Hall of Fame. Has five hundred seventy seven goals. Right. Oh, well, he's the, uh, he everyone. He's the classic compiler. He's the classic like oh he they, played too right. long. And this album doesn't make any sense. That's a guy who played across two different eras. Like that's more impressive to me that he was able to continue playing and be very good after the lockout. Or uh, Keith Kachuk has 538 goals. Pat Verbeek has 522 goals. Uh, you know, why, P- Pierre Turgeon has... Pierre still averaging 25 goals a season. I know he played in an era when scoring was up, but, like, that's, right. that's pretty good. Like, I, and So, to me, it's like, okay, so I that's always why I've been always kind of pretty on the fence about Patrick Marlowe as a Hall of Famer, at least as far right. as... Um, do you think uh, he'll be looked at as a compiler? Right, because he is. Yeah, I, and he's never won anything ever. Right, N- nothing, it, literally nothing. It's so it's like, I mean, and, and that—that's not me arguing his merits. That's me arguing from the position of the people who are actually going to put him into the Hall of Fame. It's like, okay, right. So what are they looking at here? I think yeah. that they'll like that he spent his whole career with one team because they're idiots. Um, and I think that they'll like. That's it. That's it. That's all that they'll like. Joe Thornton has been the better player on the team since the moment he stepped into San Jose because he has. And they never won anything. Right. And he's an underachiever because he is. So, so what? So, but he is. I'm sorry. Like, by based on their definition of what. There, yeah. they, that's what I'm saying. Based on the Hall of Fame's definition. Well, right. Isn't that, that's what we're doing, isn't it? Yeah. Because, like, if we're saying, here's the Hockey Hall of Fame's rules, right? You, yeah. you have to have, you know, f- probably have to have 500 goals if you, based on, like, the counting stats. Right. Uh, if you don't have a way more than that, then you probably need to have actually won something. He hasn't. Yes. You don't have any individual achievements as far as, uh, you know, hearts or anything else. Yep. You should at least be the best player on your team. He's yep. not. Yep, I, I mean that's. I think it's gonna be tough. Uh, yeah, it to will be me, tough. He's a Hall of Famer because he's got the goals. Uh, he's the best player in franchise history. He has a lot of goals again in an era yeah. when it's been pretty hard to score them. His longevity should help him, not hurt him, but it's going to hurt him. Uh, he's been a consistently good playoff performer, even though people say he's not. Right. You know, it, it, to me, that's why I don't get, I try not to get too worked up about the Hockey Hall of Fame because it's the stupidest Hall of Fame in the world because people don't actually look at numbers and logic. They just like pull stuff out of their ass. Right. It, so it's, it's, it's a frustrating Hall of Fame. Um, I think it's one of those things where Joe Thornton's, a, you know, for sure going to get into the Hall of Fame and Patrick Marlowe won't and it's going to just be one of those things. So to me, uh, when people talk about this stuff, it's like, oh, yeah, he, maybe he won't, but it doesn't really matter because I, I care a lot more about uh, the jersey retirement ceremony than I care about Patrick Marlowe getting into the Hall of Fame, to be honest with you. Right. So, when's um, that happening? The, the jersey retirement? Once I was going to ask you about that because Brody Brazil tweeted last night. He thinks they're going to do a – they're going to – they'll do them on the same night. Yeah, I think so too. That's all, That's always been my take. Oh God! I agree with Brody Brazil on something. <laughs> Never mind. I t- I take it back. That'd be a fun. That'd be a that'd be a fun. I think that they'll wait for both of them to retire when they. Well, retire. I think they'll retire at the same time. Yeah. Oh, they should. I mean, they're the yeah. two. Those I think those two have to be the first numbers you retire. If I uh yeah I would if if, if I, how much would you pay for a ticket to go to that Jersey retirement <laughs> night? I pay a lot. 
Yeah, that's. Like, I mean, that'd be that'd be one hundreds and hundreds of dollars. Yeah. Oh yeah, a lot. Yeah, it'd be an emotional evening at the uh, at the SAP Center. So yeah, oh, absolutely. I, yeah, absolutely. So yeah, that that would be my guess. Would be the would be the move. Uh, so. Because yeah, that's the guys that have spent you know obviously Marlowe's entire career and then Thornton effectively his entire career once it's all said and done. Um, I think the one last thing we should hit on Marlowe wise is uh, this is a question I got because I've done a couple Q and A's with other SBN blogs past couple of days as Marlowe's future with the team, and I know that uh, yes. there are other you know, and I understand this perspective from the outside looking in. It's like, hey, so what's the deal? He's a you know a UFA, and it's it's not ever really been that big a concern to me for either guy because you know, with the expansion draft coming up, it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to extend either guy because you know just another player you have to protect. Uh-huh. Um, what what's your sense for what they're gonna do once uh once the offseason rolls around? I mean, the way he's scoring, like, uh, it it does look like uh fourteen fifteen was the recent aberration. Uh. If he's still a, uh, you know, and this is going to involve some reading between the lines a little bit, but if he's still a 20-goal scorer at this point in his career, and, you know, Pete DeBoer said yesterday, you know what you're getting with Patrick Marlowe every single night. Like, he pray, like Pete DeBoer actually praised Marlowe's consistency, and I was like, wow, and every media member who's praised his inconsistency probably is, you know, head explode a little bit. Well, they were already uh, already asleep on the East Coast. They weren't even paying. Yeah, it. no, exactly. Yeah, exactly. At at four p.m. like Pacific yeah. time, they were. Saying, <laughs> I'm gonna nod off. Um, no, I think yeah, I. I it, it, what they do with Patrick Barlow, and I think this is a a bit of a take, but also I think fair. Uh, is gonna say a lot about their confidence in guys like Nikolai Goldobin and uh, Rourke Chartier and. Even a guy like Danny O'Regan, uh, if they re-sign Marlowe, I think they probably don't think that uh, those guys are either ready to make the leap, or in the case of Goldobin, that he ever will make the leap. Even though I think you know we've we've talked about it, you and you keep a running tally of it. You look at him statistically; he's right where he needs to be for a guy to make the jump to the NHL in terms of points per game. Um, that being said, I think it all depends on the contract. Uh, if he wants a one, if he wants a one-year deal, I think he's coming back. If he wants anything more than two years, I think they're going to be a little hesitant, and they'll try and drive down the cap hit. Um, maybe if they do a, a deal with bonuses and incentives, you know, like a a two-year, you know, three million a year. I I honestly, I looked before the year. I thought a good comparable deal for him would be what Eric Stahl just got in uh, Minnesota: two years, three and a half million dollars per year. Yeah, I was um, really surprised by how little Eric Stahl got. And I, when I saw that, I was like, oh, oh, okay. Well, if, if that's the reasonable bargain going around, then then maybe it's not so crazy. Yeah, and I, I thought that was a good baseline for Marlo. I mean, I haven't really compared Eric Stahl's stats to him, but a guy who people had talked about, oh, he's, he's starting to decline. Uh, he isn't playing as well as he's played in years past. Um, and, you know, Marlo, certainly the age is showing up, but the guy can still score goals. And I mean, I think as long as he's a reliable twenty goal scorer, like you know, and even Eric with Stahl calling up a really good year, by the way, uh, Eric Stahl has got forty points of forty. Yeah, that 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 deal is looking like the best one signed this off season. Yeah, yeah, Minnesota's um, looking like a bunch of geniuses for signing that deal. By the way, yeah, he's also shooting thirteen point one percent. That's three two point four percent above his career average. 
Last year, Eric Stahl shot 7.5 in New York and 6.3 in Carolina. I'm just saying, man. I mean, like, listen, I guess that that's uh, a little bit above his career average, but betting on, uh, you know, a guy that, you know, I'm not saying he's a Hall of Fame or anything, but betting, no, a on, a, yeah. betting on a, a, a well above average player to bounce yeah. back from a, you know, bad shooting year. Yeah. That's what I mean, even a guy when he was quote unquote down was still scoring 61 points in 79 games and 54 points in 77. <laughs> And that's not bad. Yeah. Any show fan can be really, really hard. He wasn't he wasn't worth the contract they'd signed him to. Which is not Um, the same thing, man. Yeah, I know. Agreed. And and I'll say it, each of the last uh like four years, Marlowe's outscored him. So maybe three point five three point five might be too little. I just say with Marlowe's age, that's a good comparable. Uh because he's gonna be on a thirty five and over deal, I I assume. Um how old is he will be on a 35 and over deal. Um, yeah, he's, he's 37 right now, so he will be. <laughs> yes. Well, Marcus, unless he's going to be uh, getting one of those sweet uh, – Time machines? Yeah. I think that's a good comparable for him. I, I probably, if I was the Sharks, I'm not sure, you know, given their cap situation, given some other guys that are off the books, I don't know if they can afford to pay him much more than $3.5 million per year. But, I mean – he seems like a guy who'd be willing to play ball to stay. I know he demanded a trade last year, but you really haven't heard those same whispers this year. Um, I guess we should say allegedly demanded a trade. And I believe his wife on Twitter, like went on, like kind of ranted last year about the trade demand rumors, like kind of. Well, she said, oh, so we should, we should acknowledge that that was a rumor. Uh, and she says that that never happened. I think she's right. full of it. I think the okay. trade demand absolutely happened. That's my opinion. Right. But it does appear that that's a thing of the past. I think a lot's changed since he made that trade. Demand. I agree. Just um, so we're all on the same page here. And he's got, he you know, he's got young territory. kids. He's got a young family. He's absolutely well, not. Even if uh, he got traded, they're not moving. They are. They're they're yeah. stuck in San Jose for better or for worse. Um. So I think he. I could see him coming back. I. It's working more likely now than uh, <laughs> the way the dude's scoring. They have to bring him back. I think. I think it's just a matter of uh, what. Yeah, no, I agree. Because I, how are you going to replace those twenty goals in the lineup next? He's year? second on the team in scoring. Yeah, unless you get, you know, you get ten from Goldobin and ten from Danny O'Regan. You're not the sharks, replacing the Sharks. Are not the kind of organization that's going to bet on a on a rookie to score either, though. Yeah. No. Ag- agreed. Yeah. Yeah. They're just not going to do They'll it. They'll bet on them to contribute, but they're not going to bet on them to score 20 goals like that. So Correct. I can uh, see him coming back. I've talked myself into Marlowe coming back. My, my guess is that they probably try to get both him and Thornton to sign identical two-year, three-and-a-half, or $4 million deals. That's probably my guess. Thornton said his agent, his brother, which is awesome, that his brother's his agent, yeah. um, has said that he wants a three-year deal. I think that's a negotiating posture. His brother's um, also an idiot, so let's also note that. His, his brother's an idiot. Uh, I, don't, I just know that he's his agent. I don't know enough about him. You've, you've read his Twitter account, right? I mean, I have. Yes. Yeah. I, he's Couture's agent as well. Uh, we've seen Couture's brother's Twitter account too. <laughs> we haven't seen Justin. <laughs> it's really a really a good thing that guy's not Couture's agent. I guess we can yeah. leave it at that. Um. So yeah, well, uh, yeah, I, I, I think he's. I, I'm looking more likely he's coming back. Looking more like yeah, I, I I think that they'll both come back. I know that uh that that Joe Thornton's brother drives a hard bargain, but I think that they both I think I mean, they look, both if you get back. them on identical two year, 
four million dollar a year deals, like that's you know, you're saving four million dollars from them. That's four the four million you could give to, you know, Hurdle's new deal or Jones. Thinking about Vlasic's new deal, the the next year is also the one you got to keep in mind. Yeah. Um, And you're you're. I mean, I think they're probably hoping that they lose a contract in the expansion draft. I'm thinking they are hoping that. I think they're really hoping that uh, Vegas takes a a slightly used Paul Martin in the expansion draft instead of a slightly used David Schlemko, or a slightly used Brendan Dillon. But we'll see what happens in that regard. So. Tomorrow's game is going to be pretty exciting. I, I guess we're probably hoping for too much to hope for two goals from Patrick Marlowe, but he's 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 dared us to drink. Yeah, uh, like right? yeah, absolutely. These last two games, he has. Just like he's dared the other. Uh, let's see, what's the population of uh, Android Saskatchewan? Let's find out. I think there's like 110 people that live in Android. Well, they don't do. <laughs> They don't do censuses all that often to Android, but uh, he stared all 45 people in Android as of uh, 2006 to dream. Dare to dream, Android. Um, we'll be back and do one of these again uh, as soon as he gets to 500 goals, unless we have to do one sooner than that. I'm going to be at the All-Star game on, sa- on this uh, on Saturday. That's right. So, uh, Jake will be in L.A. for the All-Star game. I, well, I'm in LA right now, so yeah, I, I will still be in LA. I mean, also the on Saturday in Los Angeles. I don't mean whoa, whoa. the market area. Whoa, easy. <laughs> don't don't go hurting my brand, bro. I'm in the actual city of Angels right now. <laughs> I am literally downtown right now. <laughs> downtown. There's Los Angeles doesn't have a downtown, dude. You've been there. As no I, I was just in the Men in Blazers yesterday, as they put it. Evo uh, has an office in downtown LA. And he said, to get to my office in downtown L.A., you actually have to leave downtown L.A. and then go back into downtown L.A. Right. There's uh, several large buildings and several different clusters in the sprawl of Los Angeles. Uh, uh, You know, there's no downtown in San Jose. The difference being, of course, that it's just one big sprawling suburb. In in Los Angeles, it's just one large sprawl of buildings. Right. Pick your sprawl. (laughs) Pick your sprawl. California is just one big sprawl, baby. Sprawling all over the place. Uh, until then, uh, is there anything else we need to hit on? Did we get everything? We're going to miss Tommy Wingles. We've got a, a, a tribute video on the website. Uh, let's pour one out for Tomas Hurdle. Is he old enough to drink yet? Uh, he is. He is. <laughs> good uh, good I know. I think, I think uh, something I want to touch on, too, about Wingles' legacy. I, I tweeted about it yesterday, but um, – you know, I think it's kind of been lost because I don't know if he still has involvement in the organization, but he had some very critical early involvement with the You Can Play project, which is uh, an important cause trying to end homophobia in sports. Uh, you know, we've seen guys on the Sharks participate in ads for that. Joe Thornton did. Uh, Wingles did. Read an article. Yes, reread David Pollock's great article about it from, you know, when Wingles was a rookie. Uh, this That was a cause he was passionate about because he – went to Miami of Ohio where Brendan Burke uh, was a manager before he passed away. Um, yeah, no, it was a, uh, it was, it's, it's a good cause. And I, it's, it's good that he was, you know, he participated in that. And I honestly, you know, more so than anything, his uh, more, even more than his on ice legacy. I think those contributions are important and will be remembered. It uh, should be remembered. I mean, he, Patrick Burke in this article literally said that Wingles wrote one of the first two checks the organization got uh, to to get them off the ground. So, you know, 
Uh, he's a good guy. Always enjoyed talking to him when I did get the chance to talk to him uh, at Sharks practices. He was a uh, he gave great answers. So um, yeah, yeah. I think it's worth noting that uh, yeah, the, they don't get any involvement from anyone else in the Sharks organization if uh, Tommy Wingles doesn't uh, doesn't yeah, no, get I- it off the ground, uh, which isn't uh, criticism necessarily of anyone else in the organization. But he was definitely the guy that uh, they got that they got that going. So. Uh, is something he's definitely, I, I believe he's still, still involved in. I know when they've done, uh, when the organization has done charity events in the area, he's still the guy that, uh, you know, that spearheads it in the, uh, in the area, the whatever charter uh, member, I guess, if you, if you will. So, yes. Uh, I assume that that legacy is going to continue in Ottawa and wherever else he ends up, you know, yep. after this season. Maybe so, he ends up in hometown Chicago. Please don't say that. Anywhere but Chicago. You know, gonna, you know what could happen. He'll be cheap this year. They're going to need some cheap depth. Like, and then he's going to score like 15 right. goals. Play All right. That's enough. That's enough. It's been a rough <laughs> week. Please just shut, shut up. You're the worst. All right. Until next time, I'm going to fire Marcus White after this show. I'm yes. Gonna, this uh, is my last podcast. Yeah. And then I'm going to kill him. Uh, I'm Jake Sundstrom. You can follow me on Twitter at Jake Sundstrom. Uh, you know, go – tweet hate speech to Marcus P. White at Marcus oh, P. White. please don't. There's enough of that in the world. Uh, and by hate speech, I mean something really, really positive about the Phantom Menace in his Twitter message. <laughs> yeah, that'll, that'll be <laughs> Just uh, Jar Jar Binks gifts for the next 24 yeah. hours at Marcus P. White. Um, DDoS attack of Jar Jar Gifs. <laughs> that's a good idea. See if we can uh, uh, shut his email down or something. Uh, and you can follow us at Fear the Fin. It is. What day did we say it was? January 25th? Unless we uh, get one of those time machines. Patrick Marlowe's eyeing. Uh, hey, can we mention real quick, by the way? Yes. The best part. Uh, uh, there's two best parts. Uh, obviously, Patrick Marlowe scoring four goals is great. Uh, my favorite part, for sure, is uh, his wife, uh, Christine Marlowe. Uh, Calling it a dick trick? Not just on Twitter, but... But on the phone, yes. On the phone, first thing she said yeah. to, to Patrick Marlowe. What... What shade do you think Patrick Marlowe's face was when she said that? Oh, he turned bright red. Bright. Bright. Red I wings hope, jersey. Red. I hope Joe Thornton was there because I'm sure nobody enjoyed this. I, loved, I, I didn't even think that when I saw, saw the four goals thing. And then everybody oh, was like, oh, man, the if only Joe Thornton had him. Like, oh, man. And then, you know, Couture says, stroke it, Patty, when he tweeted that game. <laughs> Burns is tweeting rooster emojis. Like I'm, I'm glad that's persisted, and we've capitalized with a an excellent shirt at uh, Fear the Fin. Yeah, you at fearthefin.com. Uh, support our capitalism. Uh, I'm sure that that is the only thing that was talked about in uh in the locker room after the game. Oh, no doubt, no doubt. And I, I really do believe that nobody has enjoyed this more than Joe Thornton. Just nobody in the world. You know, I just I feel like there were some jokes tweeted when when Thornton made that comment. Somebody made a joke about what Marwell would do if he scored four goals in a game. Like, but that was yeah. like, that he didn't actually say. It was just something very awkward. I can't remember what it was, but like. I, I seem to remember the neutral tweeting some stuff about what Joe Thor, or what Patrick Marlowe would do. And now, I bet there's some stuff on the Fear of the Finn account that, uh, that yeah, I'll yeah, we'll, we'll tweet. Dig, we should dig through the Fear We the should Finn dig account. through the archives. You're right. There's probably some good stuff in there that I can take credit for. That's a good idea. You're right. <laughs> I can take credit for <laughs> uh, Okay, well. Until, sorry, until, Derek. Yeah, so, sorry. Uh, until such time, uh, we will we'll be back with another podcast, uh, maybe on Monday, after uh, the post-All-Star break, if I make it back from Los Angeles alive. What do you think?
All right, sweet. Okay, later, guys.